0: Join me now, let's pray, and then I'm going to, uh, I have a few words that I'd like to speak to you this morning, and then the choir is going to come back in just a few moments, and we're going to worship some more, and, uh, and then we're going to pray in these altars together, amen. But let's pray right now. Father, I thank you for this lovely day that you prepared for us many, many years ago. This is not something that you just started planning a month ago or two months ago, but this, this day has been in the works for all of eternity. Uh, Your word declares that you see the end from the beginning, so you're not surprised uh, by anyone that may be here today. Uh, You, Lord, have designed this day with purpose in mind. And I pray that you will help us to acknowledge that, and not only acknowledge that, but to ready ourselves to receive the gift that you have prepared for us. I thank you today that you loved us so much that you gave your only begotten Son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I thank you that your word declares that you will not turn any away, but that all who come to you will find you, and they will find your grace. And so today, it is with confidence that I declare that the word of God that goes forth today will go forth with purpose, It will go forth with a purpose in mind. And so, Lord, I pray that whoever the word is for today, that they will receive it with open hearts. And they will allow your word to transform their lives and change them today. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name. And I'm prepared to give you all of the glory and all of the praise and all of the honor. For I ask this in your name. Amen and amen. I have a piece of paper in my hand that has the ability to change my life. This piece of paper, although it's just a piece of cardboard, has a lot of good-looking graphics on it. I see some stars. I see some dollar signs. I see the word prize on here at least 15 times. It tells me that I... I can be blessed at least 15 times. I, I'm feeling pretty good about life right now because my life could be changed by this piece of paper. I'm telling you, just this piece of paper could change my life financially. This piece of paper could buy my meal this afternoon. This piece of paper could pay my mortgage this month. This piece of paper could pay off all of your student loan debt. This piece of paper could set me up financially. This piece of paper could guarantee that I wouldn't have to work for a while because I could rest and I could just stay at home. I wouldn't have to get up early in the mornings. I could just do what I wanted to do. This piece of paper has the ability to transform my life. This piece of paper could pay every debt that I have in my life. This piece of paper. On the other hand, this piece of paper could be absolutely worthless. This piece of paper could have no effect on my life whatsoever. This piece of paper, just as it has the potential to, it, to change my life in a positive way, has the potential to have no effect on my life whatsoever. This piece of paper. What is this piece of paper? Would you like to know what it is that I'm holding in my hand? Several of you probably already know what it is. It's a lottery ticket. Now, some of you are appalled that a Pentecostal preacher would bring a lottery ticket into the sanctuary of God. Listen, it'll be all right. I ain't going to hell. I'm going to be okay. Did you pick it up off of the street? No. On purpose, I went to the gas station and I bought this lottery ticket. And I brought it today because I have a point that I want to make to you using this lottery ticket. You see, there are so many people in the world that putting their trust in things of the earth to change their circumstance and their situation. We look to the political process and we look to politicians and who's the best one going to be. We, we think that if I can just get that promotion at work, if I can just get that job, if if I can just get another pay raise or if I can just marry the right person. If I could somehow divorce the one that I have and get another one. I know that my life would be much better. We look to earthly things to change our lives and they can to a degree. As I've already told you this morning, this piece of paper has the ability, if I scratch it off in the proper method, has the ability to change my life physically and emotionally. It can impact my body because I wouldn't have to work if I can win the lottery. I, I could rest all day. I could go fishing with Joe, with Joe Russ. I could, I could buy a boat better than his and invite him to come with me. There, there, there's a lot of things I could do. Just by scratching off the right parts of this this paper. And my body would be positively affected. And my soul would be affected because that's where our emotions is. I could be happy. Boy, I I would smile. Joy would be available to me. Happiness in my life. You just, I double dog dare you, if you think that I would not jump and shout and dance if I rubbed this off and got the $100,000 payday, you're out of your minds. (laughs) I'd be jumping, I'd be screaming, I'd be hollering, and I would go somewhere where you could not find me for a few days because I know you well enough to know you'd want some of it. (laughs) And I probably wouldn't be in a given mood if I scratched off the right things here. This piece of paper has the ability to change my life physically and emotionally, but this piece of paper has no ability to change my life spiritually. Now, to make this piece of paper work properly, it requires three things. The first thing that is required is that I have to have faith. I have to believe that the Kentucky Lottery Commission has the ability and the wherewithal to pay out anything that I might win from this ticket. If I scratch off $500, I have to believe and have faith that the lottery will pay me $500. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't buy the ticket in the first place. By the way, this would be a good time to tell you, I don't typically buy lottery tickets. I know some of you are going to find a new church next week, but what, you know, you, you'll be all right if you'll just hang in here. If I don't believe that the lottery works, I'm not going to buy a ticket. Therefore, I have to have a certain level of faith. And faith comes when there is evidence to believe something. There has to be evidence if I'm going to believe that it is true. So the evidence is I've seen other people win the lottery. I've seen them on TV. I've seen them stand in line. I've seen them scratch them off and win. I, I, I have seen the evidence that the lottery does pay off so I can believe in it. But not only do I need faith, I need hope. Because you know what? The instant that you buy this ticket and put it in your hand, you know what your mind is? Oh, man, I hope I win. If I win, what am I going to do with it? If I win, I'm going yeah, to go out to eat tonight. I'm going to buy me the biggest steak at Logan's Roadhouse that they have on the menu. And I'm going to get a salad to boot. And I'm going to get a baked potato with butter and all the fixings on top. I mean, all you've got to do is buy the ticket, and immediately you start making plans as to how you're going to spend it. Why? Because there is hope that you are going to win. And that with the proceeds of the winnings, you're going to be able to do something with it. Hope equals expectation. I believe that I'm going to win. I believe that I'm going to get something from it. I believe that my life is going to be changed by the payout of this ticket. It requires faith, and it requires hope, and it requires action. I have to do something if I'm going to be able to win the lottery. First of all, I got to get in my car and drive down there. I, you know, I, I, I wanted to go at midnight so that no one would see me. <laughs> I, I wanted to go to a gas station where they didn't know I was the pastor of the local church here close by. But my wife just kept on and kept. We're out. Go ahead and buy the ticket. It's going to be all right. Go, go in. We're getting gas. Go in. Buy the ticket. I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know how to buy a ticket. <laughs> Honestly, I went in, I said, I, I need a lottery ticket. They say, you got to go over there to that little stand, that wire stand, and you got to fill out the card and all that, and I'm over there, and I'm, I'm looking at it, and I said, this is not the kind of lot, lottery ticket that I want. I just want one of those things you just scratch it off. It, is, it either, either is or it is not a winner. I, that's what I want, and they said, oh, those are right here. I said, you mean I have to buy it right here in front of God and everybody? That's right. Which one do you want? (laughs) I was so nervous about buying this lottery ticket that I forgot to get my money out. (laughs) I'm standing there with the ticket in my hand, and I'm looking around to see if anybody's there, and she says, I need some money. I said, I do, too. That's the reason I bought the (laughs) ticket. I I want the you're going to get the benefit of this ticket, you got to do something. you got to go buy the ticket. And then once you have the ticket in your hand, you have to anoint it with oil and say, oh, pray in Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. That, that's not true. Then you got to figure it out. It says match any of your numbers to any of the winning numbers and win a prize shown for that number. And if you get a cent sign, win that prize automatically. If you get a gold brick, That sounds good to me. You win double the prize shown for that symbol. If you get a horseshoe, you win $50 automatically. I don't want no horseshoe. My vision's bigger than that. And if you get a pot full of gold, you win all 15 of the prizes automatically. I'm praying for a pot of gold. That's what I want. I can read those promises all day long. That's what those are. Those are promises. If this, then that. If you do this, then that will happen. If you get this, then that will happen. I can read those promises all day long, but until I get something out and start scratching off this lottery ticket, I will not get any benefit from this lotto ticket. I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're saying, Pastor, here it is Easter Jesus gave his life, went to a grave, died again, and you're up here talking about lottery tickets. Well, let me tell you, first of all, this lottery ticket will not help you beyond the physical and the emotional, and even then, it's a huge gamble. Because it's just as likely, in fact, it's more likely that you can scratch this thing all day long and never win anything that you're hoping for. So I would like to suggest to you today there's a better way to hope for the future, and his name is Jesus. Now, the same elements that make this lottery ticket valuable are the same elements that make Jesus valuable to us. You see, first of all, if you're going to believe this story about a man named Jesus who came and Lived And while he was living, the scripture tells us that not only was he a man, but he was God at the same time. He was a God-man. Who can believe that? That's hard to believe. That he lived for 33 and a half years, and they took him and they crucified him on a Roman cross, and they put him in a tomb and locked him in there so that no one could get him out. But somehow, someway, on Sunday morning, the stone was rolled away, and when they went out to check on it, they discovered that the body of Jesus Christ was no longer there, he had risen. He was, a, he was alive, and he was proving that he was alive. You see, the first thing that you have to know is that there is evidence to his resurrection. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 20, it says, Now I would remind you, brothers of the gospel, that I preach to you, which you have received, and which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as a first important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and then he raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than five, Hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to his brother James, and then all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked even harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was in me. Whether then it was I or they, we preach. And so you believed. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Verse 20, but, you see that word but? Look at your neighbor and say, "Uh, there's a but there. There's a but there. The but means that something is different than what we just talked about. What we just talked about is not in accordance with what I'm about to say and tell you. Because what I just told you is not true, but what I'm getting ready to tell you is true. He says, but, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Listen, it's a historical fact that Jesus not only lived and not only did he die, but he was raised again. There's a story about a Muslim who went to a Christian and said, come with me, I'd like to show you where the basis of my faith is. And he took him to the tomb of Muhammad, And he said, here lies the remains of the prophet Muhammad. And then the Christian responded and said, come with me and I will take you to the tomb where they laid my Savior, Jesus Christ. But you will discover that when we look in that tomb, there will be no remains. There will be no bones. There will be no leftover because our Savior, Jesus Christ, is not in some tomb somewhere, but He is alive. He has ascended into the heavenlies where He has taken His place of authority. Let me remind you today you can go to Buddha's grave and you can go to Muhammad's grave and you can go to any, other, uh, any of the other graves, Joseph Smith, any of the others that you want to go to. And I'm here, I'm here to tell you their remains will still lie there. It's because they died and they stayed dead. But Jesus Christ is the only one who died and rose again. It's factual. We have evidence that Jesus rose again. And once we believe that, hope kicks in. Hope is expectation. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3, 4, and 5 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To what? To an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Listen, I can hope about this lottery ticket all day long, but I don't have any evidence that it's going to do any good for my soul. But I have evidence that Jesus Christ, the one who rose, uh, he is able to raise up my spirit with him, and he lives and dwells within me. And I'm not living just some, you know, some Christian. I don't be a Christian. And those Christians are the ugliest, nastiest people that I know. I mean, they don't never have any fun, and they can't do nothing, and they can't do this, and they can't do that, and they can't go here, and they can't go there, and they can't drink this, and they can't drink that, and they can't smoke this, and they can't smoke that, and they can't kiss in public, and they can't, 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 can't. Let me tell you. Following Christ is not about what we can't do. It's about what he enables us to do now that far exceeds anything that this world has to offer us. My hope every day is not what I can't do, but my hope is uh, where shall I walk in victory today? Where shall I go today where God's hand will lead me and give me the strength that I need? Hope and then action action Romans 10 verses 5 through 13 says for Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law that the person who does the commandments shall live by them but the righteousness based on faith says do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down or who will descend into the abyss that is to bring Christ up from the dead but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, One believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call upon him. And everyone Who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Musicians, come back if you will. I'm amazed by the number of people that have bought into this system right here that I hold in my hand. $100,000 payday. Not even to mention Powerball. We're talking about billions of dollars given away in the last Powerball. Did you see the news reports? People standing in line. Some of them standing in line for days, Pastor Jerry. Just hoping to have the right numbers. And hear their name called out as being the winner. They put their faith in a system that at best can only help them physically and emotionally. I want to tell you today, you got to move beyond that. You say, well, Pastor, I, would, I, I wouldn't buy a lottery ticket either. I have convictions not to, or I don't have the money to invest in it, or I'm just not going to do it. But here's the point that I'm trying to make. It is so easy for all of us to get caught up in living our daily lives and going to work and being comfortable with the daily life that we live. I'm comfortable at my job. I've been here so long now, I just come in and I do my thing and I go home. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with my spouse. I'm I'm comfortable with living with my husband or my wife. I'm comfortable with the way things are. My hope is in the peace that comes to me daily just from living this life. Don't rock the boat. Don't get me out of my comfort zone. I like things just the way that they are. Listen, if you're secure physically and you're secure emotionally, it will not help you on the day when you stand before Jesus because he's not going to care how healthy you were and he's not going to care how happy you were. He's going to be looking for one thing, Is your name written in his book? Did you trust him enough to accept him as your savior and let him come into your life? I know that some of you may be thinking, well, he's getting ready to give an altar call for people who have never accepted Christ. But let me remind you today, for those of us who accepted Christ many, many years ago, it's not not enough for us to just live in that experience That happened a long time ago. We have a living faith, the scripture says an active faith. When I wake up in the morning and my body starts functioning and I start waking up and I set up on the side of the bed and my body realizes that this is another day to live, it's not just another day to live physically and emotionally. It's another day to live spiritually. And the good news is is that we all have the power and the ability in Jesus Christ to live every day that we live in the power of the resurrection every day ought to be easter for the children of god amen and we're going to worship here just a little bit more and i want the prayer team to come and get in place and this this next song that they're going to sing is a song that says oh come to the altar it's a beautiful song it's a lovely song with a wonderful message And there are people in this house today, it may be that you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. This would be a wonderful time for you to do that. These altars are going to be open and we're going to invite you to come. But there may be people in this house today that you already know what it is to have Jesus in your heart. But you're not living in victory. You're not living in the hope that should be alive in you today. It may be that you're, you're sick physically and, and, that, and that you're bound emotionally and you're just not experiencing the joy of the Lord. As we sing this song, I want you to step out of your seats and come and let this prayer team pray with you today and intercede with you because I believe with every ounce of energy that I have in me that your hope lies in Jesus Christ. It doesn't lie in anything. That this world. Can offer you. It lies. In Jesus